Hello, my name is Deborah Hamilton, and welcome to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? This podcast seeks to define and explain this important question from multiple points of view and disciplines. We will interview owners, breeders, caregivers, defenders, advocates, champions, and educators. The mission of this podcast is to seek and foster collaborative conversations so that every point of view feels heard, acknowledged, and appreciated. I look forward to your joining us on this journey toward a better understanding of similar and divergent points of view. It is possible to have an impossible conversation. It starts with listening first. I'm so glad you're here listening in with me. Now let's get started. Hi, it's Deborah Hamilton, and I am so grateful to be here with Dr. Mark Bamberger, a very dear friend, an old friend, and an attorney and doctor of geology who is currently on the board of the Ohio Animal Advocacy. And I'm probably saying that wrong, Mark, but you're going to correct me. And you're here on <laughs> Why Do Pets Matter? Because I just want to talk to you about why pets matter to you. I know you have so many different iterations of your life from geologist to environmental attorney to now animal advocate attorney. So tell the audience, why do pets matter to you? And then we'll take it from there. Uh, thank you. Um Happy to be here with, with, with you. I've uh, heard some of the other podcasts that are wonderful. Uh, the work you do here is just, just great. Um, well, generally animals ha have been a part of my life pretty much since, since, since birth. I've pretty much always had, had a dog as a pet. And uh, uh, for, for reasons I'm not exactly sure, uh, um, I've always been attracted to wolves as well as 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 dogs that uh, that love started very early uh, for me um my my passion for uh, uh, uh protecting animals uh began uh, very early in, in in my life um i became a vegetarian um many decades back now um largely just 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 because of ethical uh, concerns about how um, non-human um, animals were treated, and um, um, I was in the environmental field for about 18 to 20 years. Uh, um, decided early on that I wanted to go into um, geological um, science, and um, I was one of one of those kids um, getting sick all the time, going to the local streams. Uh, Finding fossils and, and 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 rocks, so it really started started early for me. Um, was in the environmental field, did a lot of uh, uh, of consulting and uh, teaching in 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 the field for about eighteen to twenty years, and then decided um, to go into to law with a with a focus in environmental law and animal law. Um, got out of out of law school, started to practice, realized that I actually had bills to pay. So I, I, I began to do bankruptcy and divorces and criminal def defense and stuff that actually paid money and um, found through the years that I could sort of um, uh, pro bono um, on the side, 
still do things that gave me great, great, great satisfaction um, in, in the environmental field. And um, I've been practicing now for about 15 years. Um, and I pretty much since I started um, been um, pro bono general counsel for some animal shelters and also um, a wolf rescue and sanctuary in um, Indiana, of which I've been a um, supporter for many years now. So tell me a little bit more about what you're doing, because obviously pets do matter to you because you've been doing um, work that puts food on the table, because I know my, myself that animal law, when we started it, was not as lucrative, and it's getting a little more lucrative now than it was when we started. Um, however, how did you start becoming a general counsel for an animal shelter? And then tell us a little more about the wolf sanctuary. Well, it's it sort of um, evolved. Really, I remember going to Harvard for a a conference um, shortly after I began to to practice, and spoke to a lot of folks there that were very active in, in the environmental and um, the animal advocacy fields, and and asked them the same same question: How do how do you pay the bills while still dealing with um, the passion you have for for for, for animal law? Um, consistently, what I heard was what I've ended up doing: that um, they had full-time jobs working uh, for big-time law firms, doing corporate law and criminal law and and um, everything else. Uh, but as a pro bono. Um, on uh, on their off time, they just found a way to get involved in animal issues, um, and I I found this uh, uh, the Wolf Sanctuary. It's called uh, Wolf Creek in uh, uh, Brookville, Indiana. Um, I forget exactly how I, I found them. It was about um, eight nine year, years ago. And just simply visited them, talked to to the owner, and just said, "Look, if you ever need any legal assistance, um, I'm not admitted in in um, uh, in Indiana, um, but I'd certainly be happy to help you as general counsel. Just you know, um, informally, happily, they haven't needed anything significant through uh, through through the years, but." Um, I go there three or four time, times a year, and whenever they have legal concerns, um, they know to call me. Uh, I've also um, done pretty, pretty much the same finding um, animal shelters. I've uh, found several here in southwestern Ohio and central o um, Ohio. Um, just volunteered my services as general, uh, uh, general counsel for them. And of course, uh, you know how fast nonprofits jump on folks that are that are excited and uh, um, energized and, and free. So that, that's Absolutely. how I got involved with uh, uh, with them, and and for that matter, how I um, got got involved with a group of peop people who have uh, helped with the founding of Ohio Animal Advocates. 
Well, you know, tell us a little bit more about that if you can, because, you know, when you said wolves, I thought immediately um, when you said you loved wolves since you were young, uh, you and I are probably of the same Jack London um, delight. So we probably read a number of those books, which would start us on that trajectory. Um, But the wolves in this sanctuary came there by... um, by how, how did they get there? What, what occurred that, that created the sanctuary um, and then had the wolves come there? Was it that their environment diminished or that they were um, pets that outgrew being pets? Or what was the story behind the sanctuary? Uh, uh, mostly the latter. Um, our wolves, our wolves have not been native to, to, um, to Ohio for um, several hundred years, I, I, I think. But uh, um, I think back in 88, Kathy, the, uh, the owner, started to, to, to realize that there were, um, there were wolves around, um, largely because folks uh, mistakenly thought that they would, be, they would be good house pets. In some, in, in some instances, um, cops came came across uh, drug kingpins who who think it's cool to have a pet tiger or a pet boa or a, a wolf, and and it used to be that when when those bad guys were uh, pinched, um, those animals were just put down, were just 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 shot. So um, Kathy started getting the word out that hey, I've got this sanctuary um don't 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 shoot them um i will get them so um that's how she began to um um um, compile walls um between those that were that were found outdoors that were most likely pets that you know just could not be kept anymore and were just uh released out to the outdoors um she just began to gather these uh, um, packs and uh, um, she now has about 35 to 40 wolves. Um, There have been some uh, babies that, that were born, born there. They don't certainly go, go out of their way to try to, to add to the population, but things happen. Um, And uh, they have had some, uh, um, some babies, some puppies that, uh, um, they have raised as well. Uh, what's neat is that in um, some of the uh, um, um, some of the compounds, uh, uh, the wolves there are so comfortable with people, and so you know generally safe around people that um, you can you can pay and um, and be escorted um, by guides into those compounds to. Uh, to sit and have have the wolves come up and smell you and lick you and you can pet them uh, behind the ears like oversized uh, shepherds. Um, it's um, a fantastic uh, experience. I'm a um, biker, as 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 you know, and I've um, I've taken motorcycle rides with uh, you know these big these big bad bikers that at um, first are, are, are really scared. And then when they get, get in there, they end up, you know, just um, loving it and um, taking their kids back. And it's a fantastic thing. 
You know, it's so interesting because Kathy made a difficult situation better. So the animals weren't being euthanized once they were found because she created this sanctuary. And now she's creating the ability based on the animal's proclivity um, to allow people to get close and understand them and understand A, why they don't make good pets and B, why you might want to continue to support them. And I think it's great you bring your biker friends. Yes, I know you have a bike. I'm I'm a little afraid of those things, but I know that you're very safe around them. So I'm, I'm good that I'll be able to have you as a friend for a long time. But bringing people who would otherwise not be exposed to this opportunity is huge because it gets the word out. Um, don't get a wolf, uh, A, and B, if you'd like to understand why and um, learn more about the wolves and maybe contribute to the wolves, come here. Come to the Wolf Sanctuary in southwestern Ohio. Is that where it is or what's its exact name? Now, it's um, uh, Wolf Creek, uh, Wolf Habitat. Um, it's in uh, Brookville, Indiana, which oh, is sorry. Just, west, just west of Cincinnati, uh, right, uh, right across the uh, state line there. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's actually on uh, Wolf Creek Road in uh, Brookville. And I've sent dozens and dozens of... Uh, former students and clients and and friends friends there they they subsist on uh, donations and um entrance fees alone they have some um, benefactors um um i'm one but they certainly have uh, bigger ones that you know help financially su um, uh, 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 support them kathy is of um has uh, uh, Native American blood, and so you know it's sort of an um, ancestral um, passion for for her, and so she does actually have um, some um, tribal ceremonies uh, through through the years, and um, it's really a very touching um, situation. You so. know, it makes so much sense because it would go back to her ancestral roots to be able to. Um, save these animals uh, in a life that isn't necessarily, you know, normal, but normalized so that they can really live out their lives uh, as, as cherished members of the environment. Tell me a little bit more yeah. about what made you uh, go from geology uh, into law, because you were doing geology for a long time. Um, I was, and um, I got bored, and um, I really me being bored is about the most dangerous situation you can you can have i've uh, i've i've lost very um i've left uh very good paying and very stable jobs just because i i got bored and uh um i um, i was working in the environmental field um um mainly in hazardous waste uh a groundwater uh, contamination um, areas for for consulting firms and state governments worked for the Connecticut DEP for um, for a while um, before go going into consulting. Worked for the Ohio EPA when I got back here to um, to to Ohio um, before again going into. Uh, uh, conservancy and and um, and consulting um, taught um, taught 
taught geology at at six or seven uh, universities, just uh, from uh, Wichita, Kansas, to Eastern Connecticut, to Binghamton, New New York, to uh, um, Columbus, Ohio, and and such. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I just um, some of the jobs that that, that I had um, led me to enforcement, and I and I worked on on the legal side of the environmental field. Thought that that was interesting. Thought I would make a good lawyer because um, I like to do research. I like to argue a lot, as um, I think you know. So um, um, I went into the law, um, went uh, um, evenings at uh, Capital University in Columbus, in part because I could do I could do that evenings while I worked full time, and and also because they they have an environmental certificate there. So um, went there th think, to thinking I I was going to be this hotshot in, in um, environmental attorney. Realized um, pretty pretty soon after I started to practice that a lot of the environmental law is done by uh, uh, the big corporate firms, and that was just not the not the future that I saw for for, for myself. So, you know, I wanted to go into environmental law and animal law, and as 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 I've said, it it really didn't quite work out that way, but I. I sort of get my yin from uh, volunteer work in uh, the um, animal law uh, community. Absolutely, because you've spoken at many animal law uh, committee meetings because you and I spoke on a panel a few years ago, several years ago now, um, on animal law. And the, the intensity and the information you brought to the animal law group and probably to other groups who don't even think about the animals um, concern is phenomenal because I remember reading your program and, and going, wow, this is going to be such an educational piece for me because it is such a passion for you and being able to educate people who own animals, educate people who represent people who own animals is one of the passions you have and is such a gift to all of us. Well, uh, I certainly uh, return the compliment. We we were very happy to have you come in, and uh, uh, I am I have had the opportunity to chair uh, 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 the animal law committee for um, the Ohio Bar Association several times. I'm still still pretty pretty actively involved, and. Um, uh, we've definitely given a lot of talks, a lot of con conferences on topics, including uh, the the tie be between serial killers and um, animal abuse. Um, um, the um, the best way to deal with um, animals in in custody and uh, 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 divorces. You know, I, uh, I I do a lot of family law and in many instances deal with a a, a divorce um, that that comes down to fighting over who gets the dog um, and I'm you know certainly heartened to see so many folks that that love love their their pets unfortunately I think in some of those cases it's really 
more just uh, a vindictive against the other party. And I know you and your practice do a lot of mediation to really try to to get past that. And um, that's um, um, a great service that uh, uh, you provide, I know. Well, you know, it's interesting because divorce has certainly, you're one of the first attorneys, I think, that I ever met who asked about the pets when they started to ask people about, you know, the property of divorce, even though we don't think of animals as property in the law, they're, they're considered property, getting a little more agency now, but um, still in a lot of states. I know uh, Chicago, Illinois, uh, in the courts, they've um, talked about well-being of the animals, so that works. Uh, Alaska and California have also raised the level of animals. We're hoping that some other states do the same thing, but in the states where there's still property, there's some pushback, at least in New York, sometimes, some pushback from the judges um, when these kinds of questions are raised in divorce because you can never get it right. Um, it, it's, it's emotional on both sides, and you're right. Sometimes it's used as a, as a pawn to get something else, but if it isn't, it really breaks your heart as an attorney if your client loses an animal they absolutely love um, because it has to be given to one or the other because the court doesn't want to really enforce custody agreements over animals. And that's where mediation can sometimes help do that because as I said in an interview with Bloomberg, unfortunately your pet doesn't hate your ex. And even though you might be the one they go to when you run in the door, um, right. You know, if if you weren't there, my husband's the perfect example. If I'm not home, my dogs are all over him. If I'm home, um, he doesn't exist, and he sometimes does take umbrage to that. But um, yeah, he sure. definitely would be someone who my dogs would want to stay with to keep that center. Um, and it it is very difficult divorce. Um, with pets or relationship breakups. I know you've done that as well. You know, relationship breakups where people get dogs when they're in a relationship um, and then yep. don't share the dog going forward really um, is tough. It, it's tough. And, and there's no one right answer, but being able to have someone like you who's going to help them navigate that and possibly work out a visitation or not, uh, depending on what is in the best interest of the dog, that's the language we use, but that's not the language the courts use. Um, so let me ask you a question. You have just become a board member of the Ohio Animal Advocacy. I think I said it right that time, did I or not? Um, tell us a little bit more about that as we're coming, you know, to the end of this, but I want to hear a little bit more about that. Sure. Well, um, um, the Ohio Animal Advocates, which is um, um, ohioanimaladvocates.org, um, it is an organization that um, about eight of us formed about 18 months uh, ago. We, we saw a, a real need um, to, to provide resources, uh, training, and a um, general clearinghouse for, um, for uh, information and resources um, around o Ohio to really try to synchronize um, humane societies, rescue groups, uh, pet pantries, um, respite groups, uh, so many different fo folks out there that really do care about non-human uh, um, animals. And so uh, we formed the organization. Um, that group um, of 
founders has certainly changed and uh, uh, dwindled for quite a while. I was uh, the vice president of the board. We have um, pretty recently developed an um, executive um, director pos uh, position, all voluntary, by the, by the way. And um, Vicki Diesner, who was really sort of the founding passion for for this, um, has um, has become um, the executive director, and uh, uh, the board decided um, um, to make me president. So I'm now uh, the board president. Um, we're still very much in the fundraising and uh, uh, and website development phase, but uh, um, it's an exciting opportunity that pays absolutely nothing. But um, I'm I'm sort of used to that in uh, 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 the animal stuff that I do, um, and uh, uh, we are put, putting together a, a group that really shares lots of uh, of Im important information about what's happening uh, around Ohio in um, uh, companionship with animals. We are um, putting putting out maps of like pet pantries for folks who want um, who who can't afford dog food, pet food, horse food, um, uh, but want to keep those those animals. Uh, uh, respite services for like the elderly. If um, folks go into a hospital and they need their pets cared for. Um, services such as as that. There's so many wonderful folks in, in in Ohio that are doing these these types of projects, and we are trying to form a way a repository um, for all this information. That one stop shopping. So if I need to find out where the pantry is near me, they can find that out. If they need to find respite, they can find that out, and you can have all of them sort of talk to each other, which is. Phenomenal, because I don't think that there's any group anywhere in the United States that I've heard of that has sort of been the clearinghouse for all the services you can get to help you keep your dog, get a dog, feed your dog, um, and other events, I guess, that, that would impact you in your life with your, not your, just your dog, your cat, your horse, I'm sure any animal, um, most of them would be dogs and cats, but who knows? Right. Right. No, that's no, that's that's true. We've uh, 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 there aren't that many groups around the country that, as far as we can tell, are doing uh, the kind of work we are doing. There's a group in New Mexico, interestingly, that, that sort of has a a similar goal. But um, Vicki Diesner, with uh, with her decades of of a background, um, um, has really sort of put together, I think, a um, business model that that is not just going to be another uh, um, group, but it is really filling a need here that has been um, open for, um, for for quite a while. So people who want to learn more, especially in the Ohio area, would go to OhioAnimalAdvocates.org, right, Mark? Yes. Yes, that is uh, uh, that that is correct. We also have a Facebook account. We have um, a, um, a Twitter account. Folks can certainly uh, become a member. Um, can can donate 
or um, could just obviously go to our site and surf that, that site and find the resources that they need. Absolutely. Mark, this has been such a wonderful, wonderful interview. I, I am so grateful you've been here. Why do pets matter? Let's see. Somebody who decided to um, play in the streams with rocks and become a geologist, then decided to uh, be an environmentalist, but got bored, thank God. And aren't we lucky you got bored because then you went to law school. And um, although your primary practice might not focus directly on animal law, the practice that you do with your heart, your soul, clearly focuses on why do pets matter to people. Um, so I'm so grateful you were here. Thank you so much. And I hope we can have you back later on in the year. Uh, well, certainly. Uh, you are a um, um, treasure in, 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 in this field. I'm happy for, for this podcast, and um, um, I'd be happy to come back. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Dr. Mark Bamberger. And this is Deborah Hamilton. And the podcast is Why Do Pets Matter? Thank you for listening to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? This is Deborah Hamilton. And this podcast is my passion. Do you have a great guest or idea for a topic you'd like me to explore? Go to my website and click contact at Hamilton Law and Mediation. That's Hamilton Law, L-A-W, and A-N-D, Mediation, M-E-D-I-A-T-I-O-N dot com. Until next week, our pets do matter. This is Deborah Hamilton thanking you for being here.